And now, a special feature for 2014 here at Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. Readings from Paul's Journal. Okay, let's see. January 1st, 2014. New Year, New Habits. I will journal every day this year. A writer writes, and by God, I will journal every day. January 6th, 2014. Okay, so not every day. Don't want to be a fanatic about it. January 7th, 2014. I was wondering... What if I am the opposite gender clone? And my original won't have sex with me. I'm an opposite gender duplicate and rejected by my she-self? Depressed now. Gonna eat this entire thing of double-stuffed Oreos. January 8th, 2014. Sometimes, when reading Superman, I pretend I'm Lois cradled in the strong arms of my man of steel. Mm. January 9th, 2014. The Landreth suit is almost complete. Soon. Very soon. January 10th, 2014. Wayne is right. My mom is hot. This is Wayne. You know, it has been a very active week in the uh, the comic news arena this week. Is there an arena for comics news? Yeah, they well, they battle to the death, and this week apparently DC lost. Is it like a cage match? Like, like, it's it's beyond Thunderdome. Boy. <laughs> Two go in, one come out. <laughs> we all I, lose. <laughs> I, I've met a few comic creators. I... I don't think that would actually be as interesting as we think it would be. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little pasty. (laughs) Yeah, they're either small and pasty and weak-looking, or they're big and fat. I haven't really seen much in between. Well, you know what that means is that Greg Capullo would just dominate. (laughs) This is true. A man of a monster. Oh, that is true. Thanks, Wayne. That's going to do wonders for our guest list coming up. Don't listen to episode whatever we are on. Greg Capullo dominates all of comicdom. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just imagining it, really. Because he's got those Popeye arms. I I know. he's, he's, He's freakishly huge. Greg, Greg Capullo, the toughest man in comic creation. That's right. He needs a t-shirt. You know, I just see, I just see, you know, him, uh, you know, busting other comic creators over his knee, you know, a la Bane and Batman. You know, <laughs> they just line up for him to do it. I broke the burn. <laughs> John Byrne just crushing him over his knee. I like it. Yeah, yeah. he'd have to bench press quite a bit to lift John Byrne. <laughs> Oh, uh, we weren't going to have him on the show anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much uh, I would geek out if we ever had John Byrne on the show? Aaron would just ask him about all the rape in his books, though. I would. So when you're writing about rape. <laughs> anyway. So, so, so in, <laughs> I want this interview to happen now. <laughs> So this week, the Image Expo uh, started in California, and um, we weren't there. But, you know, through the wonder of the Internet, there was a ton of news that came out in the first day. 
I gotta tell you, it somehow escaped me that Image Expo was this week. I, d- I had forgotten it was coming so soon in yeah. the year. I was sitting at lunch and looking through my Twitter feed, and I was like, what's all this on Image Expo? Oh shit, that's this week. I mean, I just completely escaped me. And, you know, Image just dominated with that. I mean, their first day, they were just like, we're just gonna announce everything we got coming for 2014. Right. Um, you know, and some of the biggest announcements are they, uh, Scott Snyder and Jock are going to be doing a new horror book called Witches. Witches with a Y. Witches with a Y. You know, apparently he's got some free time coming up once The Wake is done, so he's going to be do- working on that. And uh, I know, did you guys ever read um, Severed, I think, was his last image book? Uh, I did not. I did. It's good. It's a slow burn. It takes a little bit to get going, but it's really quite good. We're checking out if you haven't checked it out, Aaron. Yes, sir. Um, Grant Morrison also has a horror book coming from Image with artist Chris Burnham, who was his uh, artist on Batman Incorporated, called Nameless. Not a big fan really? of, Mr. of Mr. Burnham. I didn't care for his artwork. See, I like Burnham's artwork. It's it's like it's a little bit Frank Quietly, but not quite. And I'm not a big fan, big uh, Quietly fan. So you know, there you go. But I think one of the biggest announcements is that uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, the creative team behind Criminal, Incognito, and currently from Image Fatale, have inked a five-year do-whatever-you-want deal. That means they don't have to get it approved by Image. They don't have to, you know, they they can just basically do whatever the hell they want and Image will release it. That's a pretty it's an awesome deal. That really is an awesome deal. I mean, there are there are very few creators in comics who can pull that kind of thing. Grant Morrison is one of them, uh, and probably Brian Michael Bendis. But uh, wow, that's crazy. I'm sure even Bendis has to get a green light from Marvel, you know. Um, but yeah, they they don't have to get anything approved. They just it's theirs, you know. That's wild. Here, I thought the big news of the week was going to be Colin Bunn and. Uh, who was it? Dale Eaglesham doing a new Sinestro book for DC. No, no. The, the <laughs> Brubaker Phillips deal is, I, 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 it is unprecedented. You know, sometimes you'll get the, okay, we trust, we, we trust Grant Morrison to do whatever the hell he wants and there's Batman run. But Why would never, anyone like, trust him to do anything? <laughs> I mean, he won the worst writer award for, you know, the funnies. Despite what we may think, he sells books. Well, I know. Paul buys them all. <laughs> Aaron read a book this week from John or from Graham Morrison that he quite liked. I did. I you know that uh, JLA Earth Two, which is the uh, foundation for Forever Evil, is fantastic. I, it's fan- I, I've got it in the deluxe hardcover, and it is a a not only a beautiful book, but expertly written and just very enjoyable. He he does some good JLA stuff. I will give him that. But um, the Brubaker Phillips deal, um, I didn't realize this, but Fatal ends with issue 24, um, which means I can finally get caught up considering I probably stopped reading at issue 5. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, it, I, I love the book. It's just one of those things that I was decided to wait for the trade, but yeah. I'll definitely be reading it in, in a one lump sum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the Image had a really great 2013. Um, they took a lot of chances. They released a lot of new titles like Saga. Um, that really skyrocketed for them, and I, it, it looks like 2014 is going to be even bigger. Yeah, I mean they're they're publishing some of my favorite books, you know, Saga, East of West, you know, uh, Ghosted, you know, is something that we've really enjoyed in 2013. Yeah. So you know, Image is certi- certainly uh, seeing a resurgence in their presence in the market, and you know, this time around it's not just Flash; they're actually you know strong books. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, they, it, it, I noticed a lot of DC creators on their list of upcoming, uh, you know, their their talent list for 2014. Um, maybe that's why DC didn't have any big announcements this week because all their creators are busy doing image book. Could be, could be. But from DC, um, we read a couple books this week, all with Superman in them. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Starting with Action Comics number 27, which we all read um, from Greg Pack and Aaron Cooter. Cooter. And- Cooter. And so, uh, you know, I, I, Wayne, you didn't jump on for the first issue of this arc, did you? I mean, you waited till we had read it to uh, hop on. Yeah, I, I bought the last issue after you guys had raved about it and found that I really enjoyed it. That it, like Aaron had said, it's the first time I've really seen Superman in the New 52. Because this is the first portrayal of him that I think really feels like a Superman. And what'd you think of issue 27? I am loving the storyline. I mean, I I like seeing a Superman that is 
actually thinking instead of just punching. That he's trying to look at everything from all angles, trying to figure out what's going on. I love Lana in this book. I uh, I like the how he just dismisses her as just an electrical engineer. And I even like the annoying little creature. I don't think the creature's annoying. <laughs> I like the little creature. Well, and I'd like to point out that he doesn't dismiss her as just an electrical engineer. He says, you're an electrical engineer, not, not an archaeologist. She's the one who heard just an electrical engineer. That's true. He was not I, missing her capabilities. He was just saying, hey, you know, this isn't your field. And, uh, you know, Lana decides to go all Laura Croft on it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like this Lana. She's a very interesting character and not at all like any other portrayal of her I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the only issue I have with the Lana focus on this book is that, you know, there is a book called Superman Wonder Woman that's all about, you know, Superman's relationship with Wonder Woman. So it makes it tricky to have Superman have this, you know, to have anything but a platonic friendship in his other books. Right. I I love the dialogue between Lana and Clark. Uh, you know, he's sitting there fighting the uh, the giant monsters. And, you know, she's like, I can't believe you, Clark, because she's chastising him that he deceived her to make it look like he had killed the, the, the creature from the first issue. And he's like, Lana, I'm in the suit. Please don't tell <laughs> me that. <laughs> I, I, it just cracked me up. I, whether or not it's consistent with what's going on in Superman Wonder Woman, Paul, I think this book is fantastic. Yeah, yeah no, there's, there's no relationship here. There was a relationship and uh, now they're just – he's friends with his ex, basically. But I – honestly, I'd rather see him with Lana than Wonder Woman. I'm enjoying Superman Wonder Woman, but I like this character better. Well, I mean, currently, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I see from Lana, yeah. And the art on this book is so good. It, it's kind of Art Adams-ish, especially with the giant monsters and stuff. Right. I mean, I, I think it's great. So- I, I, I'm loving this. So, you know, the one of the bad guys uh, that we're going to meet is Euchre. Are they talking about Bob Euchre? Probably. You know, former uh, you know, sportscaster and, and, and ball player? I think that's, that's a safe assumption. Oh, that's what I thought, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I dug it. I dug it a lot. I dug that, uh, you know, we're going to get to see Imperial Subterranea, you know, a new sort of underworld, uh, perhaps a city under the city, as it were. Um I, I just I, I like that we've got an interesting new cast of villains uh, with a really unique um, artistic design to them. Uh, that's that's something else that that I think bears mention is it's not just the story and the chemistry. I'm really digging the artwork in this book. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, I guess it's uh, Aaron Cooter mm-hmm. who's doing the artwork. But you know, I like the way. Despite the fact that we don't get a spit curl anymore with, with Superman, and I'm still having issues with that, uh, you know, two two years into the new Fifty Two, but um, you know, his seven year old Clark, I rather like. Um, yeah. And, and I am having a little hard time adjusting to the take on the Kents in the new Fifty Two, in that they're just not the the warm and fuzzy parents that that we knew in the uh, post crisis days, but you know, they are very much concerned about you know clark being quiet about his identity you know keeping his special talents to himself by all means clark hide that light under a bushel <laughs> you know and and they're nervous around him you know uh you know they love him but they're nervous around him and clark picks up on that so eric you're missing the spit curl did i ever tell you that i wore the spit curl when i worked at uh, justice league headquarters at six flags oh my god <laughs> i i had the spit curl going anytime i was working in the store are there pictures of this? I don't know of any pictures. I don't seem to have any pictures from that time. Because that would have been awesome show art. Because that was before I had a digital camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm disappointed all of a sudden. Yeah. I think we should just end the podcast here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Action Comics 27, I just I think it's uh, not Action Comics 27, whatever the hell this book is. Yeah, uh, Action Comics 27. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I think that it was just wonderful. I think that it was just wonderful. It's it's a fantastic follow up to the previous issue, and I'm digging it. I'm, I'm all in. Agreed. And so, you know, hopefully it continues the same level of quality. 
Now, another book that we we jumped on just a couple of issues ago was Earth 2, which uh, this is the third issue of the Tom Taylor. It is Tom Taylor, right? Yes. Written, uh, um, you know, written story called The Dark Age, you know, which featured Superman under control of Darkseid and Apocalypse and features Batman and Red Tornado is now Lois Lane. And we've really – I think this was one of our nominees for Most Improved Book. Which is why I picked up this issue because I, I hadn't been reading. I dropped off of uh, Earth 2 a while back. So d- did you pick up all three issues in this arc or just this issue? No, I have just this issue, but I, I will be going back and getting the first two. And uh, I have to say, I want them to make toys of the Batman and Superman costumes. I think yeah. they are, actually. The uh, Batman costume is just fantastic. I love yeah. Earth 2 Batman. I love the Superman one, too, though. It's a very interesting take on the costume. But the Batman one is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know they're doing Batman because that was one of the things in previews. It spoils the identity of Batman because in the description of the toy. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, I I want to know what that identity is, Paul. <laughs> I, but I'm sure Aaron doesn't. I, I actually do. Tell me, Paul. Tell me. It's Thomas Wayne. Is it Thomas Wayne? It's Thomas Wayne. Well, that would make sense in the design of the costume. Yeah, it matches the Flashpoint design a it little sure bit. Does. You know? It sure does. Well, and it, 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 it models his character... Uh, from Flashpoint and how ruthless he is, mm-hmm. more, more so than his son. So that would make sense. Yeah. Very good. It, it's it's a choice that I, I agree with. Yeah. No, I agree with that as well. I dig so, it. So, uh, Aaron, what did you think of issue 19? Loved it. Loved yeah. it. I, I love – You know, one of the things I like is you know Jimmy Olsen in this universe has a photographic memory. And as they're about to leave uh, uh, the the building that has crumbled around them – they realize that he'll never be able to forget what he's about to see, and mm-hmm. you know, it'll always be fresh in his memory because you know that's the way a photographic memory works. And so they blindfold him so he doesn't have to see the horror of what the parademons have wrought outside the building. I just I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, I I dig how awful Superman is. Um, I love. I mean, he he really does seem so much a character that can't be redeemed. You know, yeah. he, he just he's just off the charts bad. You know, they, they've broken his psyche so much that it doesn't look like he's anybody that they'll they'll be able to rehabilitate, though. I'm certain I'm wrong, <laughs> but, you know, he, he does seem irredeemable. Um, but I, I hope it's not for a ways yet. You know? Right. Well, and 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 I hope that they're that in the, if the if they do it, they don't make the Darth Vader mistake and just, you know, there's no consequences to it. It's, you know. He has to – if he's going to live, he has to live with all of those awful choices. Yeah, I have to say out of all of the awful choices, I think the coolest one to see on panel is using the uh, the Washington Monument. You know, uh, to as stab a, the White House? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's playing jarts with the White House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where they uncover a new Kryptonian in this yes. book. And you know, when they mention the alien and they unlock it and you, and you see – the African-American kid standing there, I was like, it's Martian Manhunter. That's exactly what I thought. I, f- I just figured that that was, you know, John Jones or, or one of, you know, the Green Martians. No, but he's a Kryptonian. Yeah. So I'm very curious. Maybe he, maybe he'll be Zod. Well, I think that he'll be Black Superman. Well, well there's that too. He'll get, look at me, I'm Black Superman! <laughs> <laughs> but what, I, what cracks me up most about this book, changing the subject, um, <clears throat> is that they totally have neglected the cast of the first 15 issues of the book well but yeah i saw one of the cast like early on just being dangled and then we see hawk girl come back and i could care less about hawk girl well you can tell you're going to get your green lantern back because you have the big green glowy thing at the end of the book yeah it's just funny the change of focus but it's a it's it's a welcome change in focus oh no absolutely well the book is much more interesting without them (laughs) agreed but I I loved that first story arc with them. It was only after the first story arc that I think the book got bad. So I there's nothing wrong with those characters. I say I like the uh, the Green Lantern they have and the Flash they have at least because they were in the first arc they were good. It was just after that arc that the book just fell apart. Yeah. Well, I this current iteration is just fantastic. I'm totally digging it. Well, and you know, sticking with Tom Taylor, the Year Two Issue One of Injustice was released digitally this week, and it was also fantastic. It really was. Yeah, I, I just and picked up right on the heels of uh, the the last issue of Season One or Year One, however they're calling it. 
uh, and really kind of gives us a retrospective of the Oliver Queen, Hal Jordan, and uh, Dinah Lance relationship. See, I really expected there to be a big pause between the end of the first year and the second year starting. I was uh, surprised to see that this came out this week. And, you know, I am not uh, real familiar with Bruno Redondo, the penciler on this book. But, oh, my God, the pencils were beautiful. Yeah, I, I think he did some stuff in year one. But, you know, the year one had this alternating right. roster of artists. So I'm, I'm not sure which issues he did, but yeah. he did a bang-up job in this first issue. He really did. I you know, I, I had not finished reading year one mm-hmm. by the time we recorded The Funnies last week. Right. And I finally read it. And, you know, a part of me wishes that they had just saved this story. I mean, obviously with some changes to it for the actual DC universe, like a DC universe civil war, mm-hmm. you know, because Batman and Superman on opposing sides of superhero armies. I just I think it's a great concept. And I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of year one. Um, and so I just wanted to get all caught up before year two started. And, uh, you know, there's a death of a major character in year one that I won't spoil here. Um, that they're dealing with at the start of year two. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's there's not there's no action, I think, in this first issue. So I think they I just don't think they could do something like this in the uh, the new 52, because you can't have Batman and Superman go to war without serious consequences that will change the whole universe forever. Yeah. Well, and exactly. they don't seem to want to do that. Marvel has no problem changing their universe until the next big event. One, you but, can't turn Superman into a villain, a real villain like they've done here, you know, acting well, like his wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not saying it needs to be along a similar concept, but I do think, you know, you could have a Civil War-esque, you know, Tony Stark, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he was, he, Captain America was clearly, like, the right guy in that, in that, you know, that series, but... You know, you could have something similar. Of course, Superman doesn't need to kill Lois Lane, but perhaps Superman's careless actions result in, you know, the bombing of a city or something like that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I, I just I think we've not seen a civil war in the DC universe outside of this series. And I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I there is a wonderful scene in this book where uh, Black Canary is at Oliver Queen's gravesite. You know, and it's just after he has been interred, and Superman comes floating down, and he says, "Hey, can we talk?" You know, and he wants to apologize. It was an accident. I didn't mean to hurt him. Yada yada. And she isn't saying anything. And he says, "Please say something." And it's at the page turn, and I'm thinking, yeah, in my mind, I'm just like, she ought, she ought to just, you know, canary scream this son of a bitch because with his super hearing, that's gotta hurt. And that's exactly what she does. And it's this wonderful page of you know just blood shooting out of superman's ears loved it mm-hmm. loved it and 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 you know she stares down superman you know he, even though he you know gets all ragey and clamps over her mouth you know she stands him down you know she's that's it clark let's see the real you show me the last thing ollie saw before you killed him you fooled me like everyone else i believe that you were like us i thought you were human but you're not and it was it, I mean it was fantastic. I mean the the writing on it, the artwork on it, and I mean she has got this steely gaze at him and you're like, Wow, toe to toe with the most powerful man on earth. Love yeah. it. And you can just feel the the hatred and rage coming from from Black Canary, you know, for what he, he did to her man, you know. Uh, I just loved it. It's a fantastic book. You know, as if enough horrible things haven't happened to that world, I just foresee this uh, terrible future with everybody is taking these pills. I don't know if anyone new took it in this issue or not, but the uh, they're all getting strength at Superman level. So Superman isn't really that super in comparison anymore because people are coming up to his level to be able to fight with him. And I just see that many people with these pills and some of the villains getting the pills – that's going to be a a world where every fight turns out like Man of Steel. Well, you know, that's what See? happens in the video game, Wayne. You got to give the video game a try. I feel sorry for that poor world. <laughs> yeah, you know, the ending of Injustice Year One was perfect when Alfred kicks the shit out of Superman. Oh yeah, it's just I, I, I could not have asked for a better ending. Tom Taylor, man, this guy, he's he's doing a great job lately. So. 
I, I, he's one of those writers who now any book that has his name attached to it, I'll pick up just because it's him. Yeah. No, he he is certainly scratching that itch. Uh, he, and DC definitely needs to get him on board for their next event book. Yeah. And uh, speaking of event books, Marvel has announced their next event book uh, coming in 2014 is Original Sin um, from Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato. And it features the superhero community investigating the murder of the Watcher. I, you know, the, uh, the artwork that they sneaked out, you know, showing the headshot wound <laughs> of the, of the yeah. Watcher on the, on the surface of the moon looks fantastic. And I know you're not a big Diodato fan. I love him. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I've liked his recent stuff on New Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love Jason Aaron. So, of course, I'm, and it's a Marvel event. So, of course, I'm going to give at least the first issue a shot. And knowing me, I'll pick up all eight shitty issues. <laughs> well, you know, the, the concept of the book, and I think it's a brilliant concept. And I'm like, why, why hasn't anybody thought about this before? Somebody murders the Watcher and apparently absconds with vital information that the Watcher had concerning all of Earth's heroes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Why hasn't someone done this before? And yay, it's a new it's a new story. Yeah. You know? I like the Watcher. I don't want to see him dead, though. Uh, he'll be back. There are other Watchers. I'm sure he will be. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's a special Watcher. <laughs> well, and I think what's interesting is they're setting up a friendship between him and the new Nova. Yeah. So apparently the new Nova will have a big part in this original Sin storyline as well. Yeah. No, I... I I, I think it's just a great idea, and I love that Nick Fury's putting the team together to investigate the murder and, and get that information back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the original Nick Fury, right? Yeah. I mean, right at the time when you know Captain America's coming out, Nick Fury's going to be front and center in a book, you know, in a t- in a movie. Marvel said, "Let's focus on the original Nick Fury a little bit." And I love that. Yeah, I do too, and I prefer the original Nick Fury to uh, you know <laughs> the uh, the. The second version of the Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Nick Fury. That's what that's what I don't understand is you have that that version over in the Ultimates universe. You know, why do we need it over in the six one six to help sales of the six one six replacing our perfectly good Nick Fury? I don't get it. So, Aaron, one other thing about uh, original sin to get us on board is that uh, there's going to be a zero issue written by Mark Wade. Yeah. With our Jim Chung. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Man, Jim Chung. It, again, that's another guy. You put his name on a book, I'll buy it. Yeah. No, it looks like this is going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. Well, and, you know, since we're on the subject of original sin, Aaron, I made you read a religious comic book this week. <laughs> Ish. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't the illustrated Bible comic book. It was a lot of church. <laughs> They're not just going to hand it out for free at the local Episcopalian church? uh, Well, you know, since it's a book about the Catholic church, I'm going to say no. Though, you know, it could be a good, uh, you know, if we're trying to recruit from the other denominations. Good point. Since it, yeah, that's one of the things I, in reading this book, uh, I I was kind of wishing we had a a Catholic person on the, on the podcast because um, it sure does show the Catholic church in a rather dim light. And, you know, I know, I feel very connected to my own denomination, and when I see you know such a negative take, I, it, it bothers me a little bit. It diminishes my enjoyment, and so for a large part of reading this book, I was like, God, I, I kind of feel bad for for my friends that are Catholics who might read this book because you know uh, there, there wasn't while they showed a great deal of the corruption. And let's call it evil that in this universe exists in the Catholic Church. They didn't show really anything good because, you know, while his friend, uh, the cardinal that reaches out mm-hmm. to the protagonist in the book to help investigate this murder, while you suspect that he's a good guy, you've really not had anything demonstrated to you that he is. Right. I mean, so we should probably clarify the book we're talking about is Revelations number one. Uh huh. From Boom Studios, it's a it's a re-release of an old Dark Horse book. Um, oh, this isn't original content. This is not original content. It came out, I'm going to say probably a good eight years ago. Oh wow, did not know that. Um, written by Paul Jenkins, art by Umberto Ramos, painted art by Umberto Ramos. And the artwork is beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And so you know, Boom has gotten the rights to it, and they are re-releasing it. Um, and I had read it upon its original release because I was a big fan of Ramos and Jenkins back then. That's when they were working on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so 
But to go back to your point, you know, a lot of fiction doesn't really portray Catholicism or the Catholic Church, not necessarily Catholicism, but the Catholic Church in a positive light. Right. So, I mean, it, it didn't really strike me as oh, no. anything overly offensive. Outside Let's of face it. Catholics are used to this. They have to be used to this by now because I really struggle to think of anything that portrays them in a positive light. I mean, if I were Catholic, I'd be pissed off by it, but it's nothing new. I just – it uh, – like I said, I, I just – it didn't seem balanced, and I get that. It's mm-hmm. – I feel like – and Paul, maybe you can you can you know, direct me here. I feel like it's going to turn into a horror comic. Um, you know what's funny? It's – not to go too much into spoilers. Uh-huh. It very much saves a supernatural element until the last moment. Okay. Um, so it, 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 the, it, it really is a murder mystery. And, you know, whereas it hints at supernatural, it really doesn't go whole hog into it until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what did you think of the first issue? I liked the first issue enough to read the second issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed... I really enjoyed the artwork. I thought the artwork was just brilliantly done. And, you know, it explains, you know, if it was done eight years ago, it explains why it's so different from what Umberto Ramos is doing now. But I was like, wow, I really like the painting technique he's using. Um, you know, there's these textured backgrounds that are just, that, that really just makes the pages so rich, uh, both in color and design. Um, I think I like the main character. Again, it's a first issue. It's hard. To, it's hard to, to know where you're going to land on some of this. But my initial uh, uh, thoughts on it is that I like the main character. I think he's interesting, uh, but I don't trust any of the other characters in the book. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's. I mean, it, so Revelations is this. You know, it's a it's a murder mystery set within the Vatican, and so it's very much. You know, if you're a fan of who's the guy who wrote the Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown. Dan Brown, you know, it's kind of in that vein a little bit, you know, it could be a novel. It is a done in one story, you know, so you're going to over the four issues. I think it's four issues. You know, you're going to get kind of this murder mystery set within the Vatican. You're not it's not a superhero book. It's you know, it is it is exactly what it is exactly that it's it's a murder mystery novel, but as a comic book. Right. Um, And so, you know, it it takes a little bit to get going to get to know the characters. Um, You know, is it the greatest thing ever? No, I do think the art is beautiful on it and i do enjoy the story i mean unfortunately if you've read one you know crazy catholic church story you've kind of read them all right because they all have these similarities of you know conspiracies and murders and blah 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 blah. but i mean it's a fun book i mean i i do enjoy it no i i I, like i said i enjoyed the book i just because there was there was no balance to the characterization of the church and the people who work within it um, you know, because it's easy to take a large corporate entity and make it seem evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, uh, there is certainly a corporate aspect to the Catholic Church, just you know, due to due to uh, you know, it's a it's a it's its own nation for crying out loud. Um, so it's easy to do that. It just would have been nice to see you know some balance there that 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 maybe we had a, a deeper, warm and fuzzy about his friend that came to ask him for help. Yeah. Well, I mean, give it. You know, th- let's it, see how. The, I think there there are characters introduced who are not all bad in the next couple of issues. Well, and it and it doesn't help that the way Umberto Ramos Umberto Ramos illustrates the book is that everyone's got these very uh, black eyes. You know, the white. Yeah, I think that was eyes, an interesting choice. Yeah, the whites of their eyes are black, and you know, the, where where you would see colored irises are white. So you know, it makes it seem like everybody is sinister, and I'm sure that's an interesting that that was a choice done somewhat intentionally to make you suspect everybody. You know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I liked it. I'll read issue two. Uh, surprised to find out that it's eight years old, but uh, you know. So thank you, Paul. Yeah. Uh, well, but, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of the rest of it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, a lot of news this week, but the my favorite announcement this week. Was that there is a new Iron Fist book coming out? Cannot wait. Written, drawn, well, not not only written, but and drawn, but penciled, inked, colored, and I believe lettered, even maybe not lettered, but at least colored by Care Andrews. Um, now this guy, is, I, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He is the he was also the guy who did Spider-Man Reign a couple years ago, which was yeah. kind of like the, the Dark Knight Returns of Spider-Man. Right. Um, he has directed a couple of movies. Um, in that time and so you know now he's returning to comics 
and he's going to be doing a, a new Iron Fist series, and they've released some preview art that looks gorgeous. Yeah, uh, have looks, you seen the preview art? I have. It looks awfully good. I, I'm excited. I'm excited about a new Iron Fist book. Now he does say he is trying to differentiate it from what Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker did, which is you know, in my idea, not a, in my opinion, not a great <laughs> idea. Because um, they are one of the few people who have done it right. Right. But I mean. Uh, I will give I will give it a shot just because it's Iron Fist. Yeah, no, I'm excited about Iron Fist, and you know I need an Iron Fist movie, Paul. Uh, well, we're getting an Iron Fist TV series on Netflix, and I need it. I need it now. I think it's next year. I need it right now. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Well, you're not going to have it right now. Why not, Paul? Well, because these things take time. I don't even think they've cast Iron Fist yet. Well, who are we going to cast for that, Paul? Me. <laughs> you would be okay awesome. i'm suddenly less interested in it you would be awesome as iron fist paul yeah i i think so i'm gonna start doing setups right now <laughs> a thousand crunches by the end of the podcast i, I, Go. I, I need there to be less running in this script <laughs> yeah. i need there to be more eating more eating of pizza in this episode ah <laughs> uh, that's funny okay <laughs> So who would you cast as Iron Fist? I you'll laugh at me for saying this. Okay, but I, I think he would be a really I think he would be a really good actor for Iron Fist, and I, that would be Justin Timberlake. I think that uh, his dancing background would assist him in the martial arts and wire work that would be part of that, and uh, I think that he could really pull off the Danny Rand CEO uh, part of that character well. You know, I actually don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I like Justin Timberlake as an actor, and I could see him in this role. Yeah, I think he'd be. I think he'd he'd do really well at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've not seen him. I don't think I've ever seen him in an action movie. I mean, I've uh, seen him in movies that have action, but not in right. an action, you know, setting. Right. Yeah, where he's a, a, an action movie star guy. Yeah, but, but no, I I think I'd do it. Yeah, I, he's he's got a lot of charisma on screen. And, uh, you know, very likable, and that's the kind of guy you want playing Danny Rand. And, you know, while he's not a martial artist that I'm aware of, um, I think that, that being a dancer, he would be able to, uh, you know, do a close facsimile. Well, and I think Netflix has, you know, has the creative talent that they could pull in someone like Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. you know, for a, for a TV series. I mean, they got Kevin Spacey. That's right. That's right. That's a good choice, Aaron. And Kate Mulgrew for Orange is the New Black. So, you know, that was a coup for them, Paul. A coup. Kate Mulgrew is on that show? She is. She plays a a, uh, Russian immigrant. Interesting. Yeah. With an awful Russian accent, by the way. (laughs) I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see if you made another good choice this week. All right. Avengers World number one. Yes, I did. I read it. It's a good choice. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I do, too. And now, you know, it's still – it's an issue one, so, you know. But it's a strong issue one. It is, and boy, it lays down a lot of groundwork for uh, future stories. Yeah, and let's be honest. As an issue one, it's really not an issue one. It's an, it's a new issue of it's, – it's the start of a new Avengers book. Yes. But it is very much informed by anything Jonathan Hickman has written to this point. Yeah, and it, it is written by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer. I gather that Nick Spencer is working a lot off of Jonathan Hickman's notes. Yeah. Which but, is good, though. I think it, yeah. you know, Nick Spencer brings a lot of the uh, character interaction to the book. You know, he, it doesn't get mired. Sometimes, you know, Hickman gets lost in his story over character moments. Well, you know, Hickman does this beautiful job, and I gather this is a Hickman thing. And probably we shouldn't try and just differentiate who wrote what in this book. But you know, it, it is such a, a tone of his to have this uh, overarching narrative. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, where someone is commenting on what's going on in the book. Um, and so there's this narrative from the bad guys that starts at the end of the book and it ends at the end of the book. And it starts, you know, you went up into the stars and answered the universe. This world is ours, you said. It falls under our protection. Remember that now. And then it goes on to all the shit that happens in the book. And it ends with, uh, you know, uh, just very powerfully, and I won't spoil it for anybody, but I, I just like, man, this is awesome. It is so cinematic in the way mm-hmm. it's executed. Uh, just thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, the art by Stefano Caselli. Oh, it's fantastic. Love this guy. Yeah. You know, I, I remember my first experience with Stefano Caselli was on a, a G.I. Joe book mm-hmm. from uh, Devil's Due, and I loved his art back then. And now that he's working for Marvel and doing Avengers, you know, his art style hasn't changed very much. 
but it's just it's perfect for this type of story. Yeah. Um, and you know, he worked with Jonathan Hickman on uh, Secret Warriors, which you know I, I was happy to see yeah. Gorgon. Yeah, it was it was nice to see Jonathan Hickman picking up some of those threads from his Secret Warriors books. That was a great book too. Love that book. Love and that you can, book. You know, they they have the omnibus fifty percent off at my comic shop. Oh dear. I keep looking at it. <laughs> if I wasn't saving money for my Dallas trip next month, it would probably already be mine. There you go. Well, you know, there are all kinds of wonderful things that happen this book in this book. You know, you've got again a city under a city. You've got, you know, a giant Godzilla-like creature. You've got, you know, the inclusion of Starbrand. You've got an island city of bad guys. I mean, this book has just got so much going on. And I love that we're picking, that we're continuing on with characters that uh, Jonathan Hickman had moved to the forefront in uh, uh, Infinity. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're getting to see Starbrand still. We're getting to see Smasher still. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you still got, uh, you know, Cannonball and uh, Sunspot in this book. Oh, and they're freaking great. Yeah. Well, and I love the way Stefano Caselli draws them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I so it's it's a lot of fun. I like the cast, uh, and I just hope they can keep it up. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm I'm on board for the first storyline, and hopefully the creative team will stick around longer than that. But it's yes. it, it, it's a damn strong start, and it's certainly stronger than even Avengers number one was. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a good book. I mean, I I'm not sure. Tell me what you think, Paul. Is this a, a good jumping on point for somebody who maybe didn't read Infinity? I think so. I think yeah. you know it, it, it. You know, I referenced GI Joe earlier. It's very much Avengers by way of GI Joe in that you've got Captain America and Maria Hill in the command center of Shield. You know, operating different Avengers teams who are investigating different supernatural occurrences across the world. Yeah. You know, almost like a GI Joe book. Yeah. Um, and it works. It really works. You may not know all the characters, but there's enough in here that you'll get to know them. Yeah. So yeah, I would hop on board. I dug it. Now. This book came with a digital code, and have you noticed you know, that now Marvel digital codes include a copy of the current Marvel previews books? You know, I noticed that this week, but I thought it was just because it was the, the you know, a preview of the new stuff coming up that I was getting. No, like all the- of them include that, and um, a lot of them have been including a free digital comic in addition, like um, – the Wolverine Infinite comic or, you know, something like that. Well, that's awesome, at least. But the frustrating part about that is you used to be able to go to marvel.com slash redeem, type in your code, press enter, type in the next code, press enter, type in the next code, press enter, and add them all in for the books that you purchased for the week. Now, because they all include the previews book or they all include the same free Infinite comic, you, you can only do one at a time because it'll say this book is already in your cart. So you have to put in one code, go through the whole redemption process, choose your comic shop, click redeem, and then go back to the beginning and do it all again because it includes – I mean don't get me wrong. You get free stuff out of it, but once you have it once, they should have some type of programmatic way to say, you know, you already have this book, but you know, we'll give you the new stuff from this digital code or something along those lines. It's a little frustrating for me. Uh, no one seems to care because no one seems to re- either redeem their Marvel codes or buy print copies of Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. I don't buy print copies of Marvel. Yes, but I, I those are the only books copies, that I do. But buy. I don't redeem my codes. Yeah. So, see, the only comics I do buy are the digital car, uh, are the are the comics, the Marvel comics that come with the digital code. Um, now, in the Marvel previews, the one that was re- released with this week's books, we got Marvel previews number three. Now, supposedly, Marvel previews number four, the cover has been leaked online, and it shows a book coming up in May. I believe it, it may be April. Uh, I think it's April. Um, Amazing Spider-Man, number one, from Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos, that appears to have Peter Parker back in the Spider-Man suit. And um, Marvel has not commented on it. Dan Slott has not said anything about it on Twitter, which is unusual for him. I see that you are, uh, there are a lot of articles around the internet with it, and most of them, the pictures have been pulled down, and it says, at Marvel's request. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> so, P- Peter Parker's back in April. Please enjoy your cease and desist order from marvel.com slash Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it looks like, uh, you know, it looks like we're getting Peter Parker back in April. Now, it does not say what happens to Superior Spider-Man. I've heard rumors that Superior Spider-Man will continue 
somehow, and there will be you know two Spider-Men going around. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest clones. <laughs> I think that's a bad suggestion. I, 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 well, you know, well, think about it. We've got the jackals out there right now, right? True, and, true. You know, the jackals, the guy that made all those clones. There could be another, you know, failed Spider-Man clone out there that Ock moves his intelligence into so that Peter can have his body back. Well, we also still have uh, Spider-Man 2099 is wandering around without a book yet. Yeah, true. I hope he gets one because I do like Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, Miggy. So, you know, that, that'll be part of the all-new Marvel Now initiative. And um, this week, Marvel released all-new Marvel Now Point One. you know, in addition to Avengers World, which is part of the all-new Marvel Now, and Black Widow Number 1, which came out this week also. They released this all-new Marvel Now Point One um, preview book, $6. I think we talked about it last week on the show. $6 um, for a preview book that ought to be free in your bag. I agree. I do agree that these books should be free, but it does feature previews of Loki, Agent of Asgard, Silver Surfer, All New Invaders, Black Widow, Avengers World, and Miss Marvel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And for the most and part, from the creative kind of, of those books. It tried to tie them all into one story, kind Pointlessly. of, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that didn't really work, I think, the, the tying it all together. No, I, I would agree. It was basically just a... It was an attempt to tie it together. So... You know, I, I think we probably should hit some of these stories one by one. Um, so starting off with uh, the first big story was the Silver Surfer preview from Dan Slott and Mike Allred. And it, it, it is exactly what we said it was going to be, which is Doctor Who. Yeah, I wasn't Surfer sure. Until reading this preview, I wasn't sure that I was going to be picking up the Silver Surfer book. But I'm giving it an issue or two. I probably would have anyway because it's Mark Wade. But the preview interested me. I think this could be a fascinating book. No, when Silver Surfer is Dan Slott. Yeah. You said Mark Wade. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. But what I'm wondering about is, has Silver Surfer always been able to turn himself not silver? Because I don't remember that in any version of him I've ever read. It's been a while since I've read anything with Silver Surfer in it. I don't recall him still having that ability, but apparently he does. Yeah, and he uses the phrase silver down... <laughs> and, and turns himself into a normal-looking Norrin Rat. Yeah. I, I've i never seen him do that. I certainly have never heard him say the word silver down. Silver down! Silver down. So it, it is very much Silver Surfer in the Doctor Who role with um, a companion traveling across the, the stars. And it well, and just really like some works. The, yeah, I was say, just like some of the best Doctor Who stories, the companion is more fascinating than him. And yeah. she helps really drive the story. And so, I, I, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of the all red art in the book, but you know, I mean, he he has an acquired taste. But I like I'm gonna pay, I particularly you, like his take on this uh, character. The uh, what was her name? Whoever the woman is, I like his. I like the uh, art on her a lot. His companion. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember her name either. But I mean, I'm gonna was pick up the first issue. I'm sorry. Was it Rose, his companion? Uh. If, if only Dawn, <laughs> her name is Dawn. <laughs> um, but I, I will absolutely give it a first issue shot. I, I liked the way he was written. I like the Doctor Who, compa- com, you know, comparisons. I like the aspect of he has a reputation in the universe. Yeah, as the Herald, and she doesn't yeah. know what that is yet. So the second story is a preview of the all new Invaders book from James Robinson with art by Steve Pugh. And I did not get anything out of this. Yeah, I didn't uh, like reading through it. It felt like there was a storyline I had missed because I haven't read any of the, you know, any of the Invader stuff. But it, it did not catch me at all. It's basically the Kree are looking for a weapon that the original Invaders know where it is, and since the original Invaders are all surviving. Um, you know, Jim Hammond, the Human Torch, Namor, and Bucky, the Winter Soldier, you know, they, they are now heading to Earth to hunt them down and find out where the weapon is. And the art was fine, but I did not get anything out of the story. Certainly nothing so, to make me want to pick the book up, so I'm out. So the next story was one where I had considered picking this book up this week, and that's The Black Widow. Yeah, but I didn't I thought, like it. What's that? I didn't like it. I, uh, I was kind of glad I didn't pick up the issue after reading it, because I... I think this would be good for a one-shot or maybe a miniseries 
but I don't want a regular series with this art and this type of storytelling with her. It's definitely a very down-to-earth Black Widow that's trying to play up the movie aspect of no matter how bad it looks, she's really in control and had really planned out everything. But something just doesn't work here, and I can't put my finger on what it is that doesn't work. You still there, Paul? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so it's written by Nathan Edmondson, who was the writer on Who is Jake Ellis? And, you know, so I expected something that strong, and it really wasn't. And, you know, it's hard to get a lot in a 10-page story, but there certainly wasn't enough there to make me want to buy it. Like, there was the Silver Surfer story. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't pick up Black Widow number one also. Um, and the next one I thought was very weak, too, which is the new Miss, uh, a preview of the new Miss Marvel book written by G. Willow Wilson with art by Adrian Alfona. Um, and so the new Miss Marvel is a shapeshifter, and she is um, Muslim, a Muslim shapeshifter. And there was a lot of media around that. I um, have to say, I think they may have been doing this just to uh, counter you know, Baz over in Green Lantern, except Baz is an interesting character, and she isn't. Yeah, I didn't find much here to connect with with her. And again, short story, but... Um, I didn't care for the art style. I hate the costume. Yeah, and it's the, the shape-shifting aspect. I mean, the, the way they draw her shape-shifting, it's just really awkward. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm on board for Miss Marvel either. I'm definitely not. So, some, some negative stuff. But then we get into the preview of Avengers World. I hated it. Really? Which, I'm glad I didn't pick up Avengers World if you guys really like the uh, the Cannonball and Sunspot stuff, because... I really dislike their character and their character portrayals in this. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. So this, you know, features Sunspot and Cannonball um, heading towards AIM Island. And they have an in because if you remember, you know, Avengers number 11, Sunspot and Cannonball had a drinking contest with the AIM scientists and became buddies with this guy named Travis. And that's how they are able to get in on AIM Island to basically find, um, steal hulk pills pills that can turn you into the hulk for a short period of time and to escape the island they have to take the pills and turn into hulks oh awesome and, well i don't know that they them, have to but, but they, they kind they have them and they're like why wouldn't we and i did like that i, I yeah. liked when they hulked out um now the art is not by stefano caselli it's by rags morales um but i thought it was a fun story is it worth picking up a six dollar book for just the silver surfer and avengers world stories hell no um, I think that uh, what I'm most interested in out of all this, well, probably Silver Surfer. But other than that, I'm going to pick up the first issue of Loki, Agent of Asgard. I am, too. So Loki, Agent of Asgard is a book that's going to be written by Al Ewing with art by Lee Garbutt. And the the thread that connects the stories is, or the piece that goes throughout the stories is this Loki looking for um, ancient artifacts. He's basically, it, it says Agent of Asgard because he is working undercover for um, the All Mothers. And, uh, you know, I, I I actually enjoyed that storyline, too. I enjoyed his little conversation with Thor. You know, I, I enjoyed how he got one up on Doctor Doom. I loved all of that. I liked the card game in the beginning with him. And I've really enjoyed the version of Loki I've seen over in Young Avengers. And this is basically the continuation of that. Young Avengers dealt with how he gets from being a boy to this teenage form. And now the teenage form going on so yeah i'm giving it at least an issue and i didn't think i would because i've not really been a loki fan until recently yeah i didn't think i was going to because i really like kid loki but i'm gonna give this i'm gonna out of the the six books displayed in this uh preview book i will give three of them a shot well and i've already bought avengers world so i will give two a shot that i wasn't sure about So uh, the biggest uh, news for you guys this week was probably that the Ultimate Universe will continue. Who'd have thought? I certainly was hoping it wouldn't. <laughs> I uh, I kept going on week after week talking about how much I would be disappointed if it was going to be gone. And that uh, just moving Miles over to the regular universe wouldn't do it. And this news made me happy. Not only do we get to keep Miles, we're keeping all of his supporting characters that I like. And none of the characters that I don't like are going to be in a book. So who all are we seeing in that picture there? All right. I have to bring the picture up, I hope. Okay. So we've got front and center. We've got Miles. 
We've got Cloak and Dagger next to him. We've got Bombshell. We've got... Uh, she's going to be Black Widow now, but she's uh, Spider-Girl. Right. And then above that's Kitty Pride. Very good. And they are the all-new Ultimates. Well, you know, and, and, and what brings us to this is that Galactus apparently is going to eat most of the Marvel, most of the Ultimate Universe. And so over in the pages of Cataclysm, the Ultimate's last stand number three, Miles Morales and uh, Ultimate version of Reed Richards transport back to the 616 to see what they can find out about Galactus to uh, fight him. Yeah, there was so much to love in this book. I love Sue's reaction to seeing Reed walk in. Yes. Because we talked about before, Reed is the ultimate bad guy in the ultimate universe. So and, she just attacks. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, he's not just Dr. Doom. He has uh, betrayed them. You know, it's it's not, you know, he was someone that they loved and, uh, you know, he betrayed them. So it's not just he's a bad guy, but he's a personal bad guy. And, you know, her uh, using her force field to choke him was awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I completely dug that. And, and the fact that she was just not willing to let him go. They seem to be going on a redemption arc with him, I've noticed. They they definitely are giving him the potential for redemption, at least. Yes. Well, and it was nice that, I mean, you know, not everybody is all bad, right? You know, so it was nice that he goes to the 616 and sees the life that he gave up on in the Ultimate Universe. You know, so he sees their daughter. You know, he, he runs into Valeria. You know, he sees all of the amazing accomplishments that, that Reed Richards of the 616 has made. And so he comes back, and I mean, the first thing out of his mouth to Sue is he apologizes. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. mean he's going to instantly become a good guy. Right. It just means he's had a, a life-changing experience. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, and it was wholly appropriate. I dug how, you know, Miles Morales in, free, in fleeing the uh, Baxter building, being chased by an army of Herbie robots firing lasers at him, uh, runs them into the superior Spider-Man <laughs> who, who winds up taking the heat for it. Yeah, and I had I had never realized just how close their costumes are. Yeah, Miles's costume is much more like uh, Ox costume than it was Peter's. But yeah, I, I thought the issue was really good. Not you know, I assume that perhaps uh, you know Ultimate Reed Richards stole plans for the Ultimate Nullifier, perhaps, and uh, you know they've got a very short amount of time to build something to deal with Galactus. Whereas in the pages of Cataclysm Ultimate Spider-Man comics uh, number three, uh, you know this one is a little bit more personal and actually takes place in advance of. Uh, the events that occurred in Ultimate Comics Last Stand number three. Yeah, and I have a strong feeling this is the beginning. Well, actually, probably the last few issues of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man were the beginning of the all-new Ultimates. Yeah. Because we really see that team start to come together. I Absolutely. mean, there's some characters we don't have in there yet. We don't have Kitty Pride yet. But the others, they work together very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, and I, I dig all those characters in the ultimate take on them. You know, ultimate cloak and dagger. I'm enjoying uh, bombshell, uh, and certainly, you know, uh, you know, Spider Woman or whatever we're calling her over there. Yeah, I've loved her since her introduction. I think yeah. she's a great character, and I can't wait to see what they do with her as they make her Black Widow. Yeah, uh, this book was powerful with the uh, confrontation with his dad. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, dad doesn't stick around. And was that by choice or was he forced to leave? You know, uh, I'm sure that's going to be an, an ongoing thread in the new sort in the new stories is the relationship between he, he and his father. Um, so I, I, I dug it. I, I thought that, that it was a, a really strong two issues of the Ultimates in this cataclysm story event. Yeah. And this has been uh, by far my favorite part of the story is the ultimate comic Spider-Man stuff. But that's basically my favorite part of anything ultimate universe has been ultimate spider-man since the beginning you know whether it was peter parker or miles when miles first showed up i was i expected to hate him because it seemed like it was just a gimmick let's kill off peter introduce a new character let's check some buttons on it to make it more diverse and that's what i thought it was going to be and it hasn't been that at all right Miles is a character, and Miles is a good character with a great supporting cast. 
he's very different than Peter, but he embodies everything that there is about Spider-Man. He's fighting with his dad. A plane crashes. The first thing he has to do is save people. He can't not save people. And that's that's Peter Parker. I mean, that is Spider-Man. No, I, I both these books are really good. I enjoy that character. I'm glad to see he's going to continue on in his own universe because I just don't think he would work as an ongoing character in the 616. So I'm excited about that. But you know what else I'm excited about, Wayne? What's that? Our upcoming episode, inaugural episode of Batman with Aaron and Polly, celebrating the 75th anniversary of Batman. I'm looking forward to hearing your inaugural episode because I'm not on it. Well, we'll figure out a way to weasel you in there. Yeah, you know, Superman really is my character, but I've had a lot of uh, Batman love over the years, too. I'm a little bit burnt out on Batman right now, which isn't a good thing because we're going up on the, you know, this big anniversary. But there's a lot of Batman time periods that I could just go on talking about for hours. Well, and I am sure that we will have the opportunity to do just that. So, Wayne, have a good week. We will see you later. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.